0: Welcome to The Approach Shot, the golf show that's more laughs than links, more stories than strokes, more guffaws than golfers. Here are the hosts of The Approach Shot, John Ashton and Neil Michaels. It is us.
2: We are collectively known as The Approach Shot. I'm John Ashton. He is going to introduce himself. This is weird. This is weird with you doing the, he's going to introduce, I don't want to. It's
3: been 45 shows of you doing it. I want you to do the intro. But it's been 45 shows of you complaining about it. Probably more like 20, but <laughs> yeah, it's true.
2: And a lot off, mic. <laughs> no, you do it. It's the okay. people out I, there would be thrown. I am John Ashton. He is Neil. Who's the man, Michael? See, so much better than I would have done. Indeed, it is. I want you to remember that for next time. OK, you know, they say they say for if you're if you're
3: watching television or you're listening to the radio and people do inside jokes that other people don't necessarily get it. And, and I think that might have been the case here had we not talked about this 20 separate times. <laughs> and the thing about an inside joke is most people who are listening are inside. So
1: inside. You know, that's it. They and if it. You
2: are outside. Then you need to listen more often, or go back and start from the beginning, so you will be inside. You'll get it then, exactly. And you will indeed, <laughs> indeed. Do you like it when the the casts of TV shows make allusions to former shows or former sets of circumstances? Oh yeah, I was watching a uh, Last Man Standing, and I love Tim the Two Man Taylor too. I love yeah. Home Improvement. It was a yep. funny, funny show. Well, um, they had the the a guest shot of. I forget her name, but the actress who played his wife on Home Improvement, yes, was a guest on on Last Man Standing as as the neighbor. Yes, right. that was
3: yes. and Jill Jill was that was the character's name. I don't remember right. the actress's name. Right, and, and
2: she she called she called him Tim, <laughs> and he stopped. He said, "No, that was the other show."
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, if you watch Last Man Standing. All the way through, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, who was the middle son in, mm-hmm. uh, in Home Improvement, was on there for a nice run. He was uh, uh, dating one of the daughters. Uh, Richard Karn, who was the, his, his sidekick in Home Improvement, played a vendor of mm-hmm. Mike Baxter's in Last Man Standing. So mm-hmm. it, yeah, he brought a lot of his former cast members on, which I think is fantastic.
2: Yeah, I I was watching a a little behind the scenes thing and and they were talking about how he he likes to consider the casts of his shows as family. Yeah. And they continue to be family even after the show stops running.
3: Yeah, that's how I feel about you, John. I feel like you're family. Yeah. Yeah. But not too much. because I haven't haven't asked you for money yet. (laughs) 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 And by the way, the, the invitation to
2: Thanksgiving still coming. Just keep <laughs> watching your mailbox <laughs> Now we have You and I both being old radio dudes Yeah Have have talked to people Innumerable numbers of people Yes uh, Interview style Many of them are stellar and luminary I don't know if you agree with this or not But in my experience The bigger the star they were The nicer the person they were Yeah, I would agree with that One of the best guys I talked to back in early in my radio career was bill withers uh who was i mean mega hit mega hits right yeah right nicest guy you'd ever talked to and i just felt comfortable talking to him i remember saying bill you know lean on lean on me is a great song ain't no sunshine great song bad english and he goes i know i know i know i know i know i know
3: <laughs> oh my so he, 27 times right 27 26 26 ah yeah. That close, oh, yeah. so good. Yeah,
2: but, uh, yeah.
3: I had the I had the pleasure of of interviewing a, a number of celebrities when I was on the on the air, and and my favorite was this is when I was back in college. I got to go to a, a meet and greet with the cast of Doctor Hook and the Medicine Show. It was supposed to be a big old meet and greet with a lot of different radio stations, and it was the day back in Washington D.C. that the farmers marched on Washington, okay. and they marched right down the road that housed the hotel. At which we were supposed to meet, and so it just ended up being me in college and my college girlfriend and Doctor Hook. Nobody <laughs> else showed up, and it became pretty obvious after a while that nobody else was going to show up. Uh-huh. And I said to the to the band members, "Why don't you come back to the radio station and we'll do an interview?" And the guy from the record company is in the back going, "No, no, 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 no. We don't <laughs> know anything about these people. He's a college kid. No, no." And of course, they said yes. Yeah. So. I end up walking through the radio station, you know, walking in and here's seven guys behind me and the record company guy and my program director. And I was, you know, 18, 19 years old. Mm-hmm. My program director looks at me and goes, who's that? And I said, the cast of Dr. Hook. Like, like, of course it was. And he went, okay. <laughs> I said, can we have the production room to do an interview? He goes, you can have anything you want. Yeah. <laughs> So and they were exactly as you said the nicest people, yeah. uh, just you know, funny as they could be, uh, smart as they could be. And one of the things that that, that I will always take away from that is I, I remember asking them, "You guys do a different set every night. How do you do that? How do you you know how how can you be ready like that?" And he said, "The one thing we've learned is you can't practice being spontaneous." Right. <laughs> wow, words oh, to live by, man. That's pretty deep guy with an eye patch who looks like the
2: Hathaway guy. <laughs> <laughs> See, it would have been perfect though if, when the program director had said, "Who's that?" the guy in the eye patch would have said, "Hey Ray, hey Sugar, tell him who we are." <laughs> <laughs> well done, thank you. Uh, we've got a, a great guy too. Uh, another one of those guys. Very, very up here, talent-wise, very, very up here, wonderful guy-wise. Yeah. Friendly, humble. His name's Bob Picosi. You probably recognize the name if you follow sports at all.
3: Indeed. You will you will recognize him if you have ever listened to ESPN radio. If you listen to Mike and Mike, he's the guy who did many, many of the uh Sports Center updates on ESPN radio, but he also was blessed enough to be able to call the Yukon women's basketball games. And we'll get into all of this. But the one thing that John and I probably both got out of this is, wow, are we jealous of that voice. the man has a voice if ever you had had aspirations of being on the radio or aspirations of of doing a podcast and hearing this guy's voice it will just make you feel like you have the squeakiest voice
2: ever (laughs) the best pipes we've interviewed coming up next stick with us right here on the approach show
3: Hey, it's Neil. And with cooler weather here, you may be playing even more golf. So it's even more important to keep properly hydrated since you don't sweat as much in cooler weather. Here's what I do. I mix one stick of liquid IV in some water and I hydrate faster and more efficiently than drinking water alone. In fact, mixing liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates your body the same as if you were drinking 48 ounces. And who wants to drink 48 ounces of water? Not only that, but liquid IV tastes great with flavors like strawberry, lemon-lime, and my favorite, watermelon. Try incorporating liquid IV in your daily routine, like first thing in the morning or before a workout. It makes for a great hangover cure, too. Just saying. John, grab some liquid IV and choice of flavors nationwide at Walmart or get twenty-five percent off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code approach at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order and start getting better hydration today at liquidiv.com. But you have to use the promo code approach to get the 25% off. LiquidIV.com. Make your water work harder.
1: If you don't own a home, you have nothing to fear from home title thieves. But if you own a home and you don't guard it with home title lock, you're inviting home title fraud, one of the fastest-growing crimes. Cyber thieves around the world know U.S. home values are sky-high, and that paints a target on us. The crime is scary simple. A cyber thief simply forges your name on a property sale form and then refiles it. Now he's on the deed to your home, and you have no idea you're a victim. Then he takes out loans on your home and vanishes, leaving you... To prove to the police that you didn't commit bank fraud, Home Title Lock puts a virtual barrier around your home's title. The instant they detect tampering, they help shut it down. Look, if you have equity in your home, guard it with your life. Go to HometitleLock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim. And enter radio for 30 free days of protection. That's code radio at HometitleLock.com
2: and thank you for hanging out and coming back we are the approach shots i am john ashton he is neil michaels really a braves fan
3: i see a bandwagon and i jump i mean (laughs) come on i'm a minnesota twins fan my season was over april 10th
4: (laughs) Of of which season (laughs)
3: Hey now, hey now, come on, man wearing a pirate shirt (laughs) That that would be the the baritone dulcet tones of our guest for the week That is um, ESPN and Fox voice that you recognize and love And frankly, I'm so jealous of, I can't stand myself Mr. Bob Picozzi, welcome Bob
4: Thanks Thanks for having me guys. Enjoy
2: it. Hey, not a problem. Thank you for carving out some time and spending it with us here on the approach shot. So, I mean, were you, were you a news guy prior to be being the uh, the sports update guy on ESPN or did you just adopt the same style or how'd that work, Bob?
4: Just very briefly at the beginning of my career. I mean, I, I went to Seton hall and uh, I mean, I only wanted to be a sportscaster I wanted to be a sportscaster, nothing but a sportscaster, my entire life. But you know, at Seton Hall, I, I uh, you know, I was advised that you know you have to diversify yourself, and your your chances of becoming employed coming out of college are much greater the more skills you have. So I, you know, I took every news writing and journalism course at Seton Hall, and so uh, my first three jobs at of college were in local radio. The first one, I was just a staff announcer and a board op, but the second one. And the third one, uh, about 80 percent of my uh, duties were as a newscaster and sure. the other 20 percent as a sportscaster. So, uh, yeah, I anchored the news, you know, on the radio for uh, for five and a half years before I got into local TV. But when I got into local TV, it was that was my first sports only job. And uh, and I, I never do news after that. And,
2: and all of the broadcasters that listen to us want to know, where'd you start? Where where was your first TV
4: gig? Well, my first, my first job was in radio, it was a WADB, which stood for Adamant, A-D-A-M-A-N-T was the man's name, Adamant Brown. He was the owner uh, of a radio station that was licensed out of Point Pleasant, New Jersey, but it was located uh, on the second floor of a house in South (laughs) Belmar, New Jersey. If you open the window and listen closely, you could see, you could hear the surf of the Atlantic Ocean was that close. And so, uh, but my first TV job and my only local TV job was uh, at WTNH, which is the ABC affiliate in the Hartford market. It's located in New Haven. And I was there for 19 years before I went to ESPN.
3: And you were a bit of a, you were a bit of um, an athlete yourself in high school.
4: Uh, (laughs) Well, that that might be stretching it a bit. I played soccer for four years. Uh, we had great soccer teams. Uh, I went to Notre Dame High School in Lawrenceville, New Jersey, which is outside Trenton. And when we moved to Trenton in 1963, I quickly discovered that Trenton was a soccer hotbed, frankly, one of the few in the country at that time. Yeah. And um, so I never played soccer before I went to high school and uh but all all the guys i played with sure did uh, especially the ones who grew up in east trenton which had a very large polish american population and uh, we were fortunate enough to win the state championship in my junior and senior years and I, I was the starting goalie on the on the team my senior year for nine games until i tore my knee apart and uh so i got hurt midway through the season and never played soccer again after that so but i mean i tried playing you know i love sports just like everyone else and You know, I played sports my whole life, you know, started, you know, played baseball as a kid every day and, you know, played basketball every day and, you know, football and then soccer. But then, uh, you know, and I continued to play pickup sports when I got in college. But then after that, uh, I mean, we eventually someone eventually accidentally backed into we were doing some work in our yard and and a worker backed and knocked the the basketball pole down in our yard. (laughs) I had already gone away to college. And he uh, he said, you want me to put it back up? And I said, yeah, you really don't have to. Nobody ever uses it anymore, you know? <laughs> I can't tell you the last night. You know, I did, I did over a 1,000 basketball games, but I can't tell you. Uh, you know, like all guys, when you do games and you go to shoot-arounds and what, you know, the cart of basketballs is there, and it's kind of a lure, you know, uh-huh. uh, even before the teams come out and practice and, you know, you take a few shots. and And I always discover, you know, the, the person doing the game with you is always a former player or a former coach, or both. And uh, they do the same thing, and they never seem to lose their shooting touch. It is uncanny. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm talking about guys in their 50s who just pick up a ball, and, you know, they're wearing dress shoes, and, you know, they'll they'll make five out of ten three-pointers, you know, the first ten times they fire the balls. It's just unbelievable to see that.
3: I had that experience when I was uh, working at a home team sports in Washington, D.C., and after a game, they had the balls lined up, and there were a couple players around, and like a dumbass, I picked up a couple of balls, and my fr- And I had on a suit and taken the jacket off. And I picked up the first shot, and not only was it an air ball, it may have gone halfway to the rim. It was, <laughs> it was as if my arms just turned to jello. And um, I, I remember Jeff Malone, who was the point guard for the for the bullets at the time, looking at me and, go, and he go, just looks at me and goes, nice shot. <laughs> so I had to keep going until I actually made one. And it was only fortunately, it was only two or three. But, man, that was just one of those moments where you just want to remember that high yeah. school athletics and standing up in front of professionals are not the same. No, yeah.
4: But the but the, the, the real true athletes, they they never lose their touch.
3: So you were not just a little bit of an athlete. I mean, the internet tells us that you were um, inducted into Notre Dame High School's Hall of Fame. That's not a little thing.
4: Well, that was our team. Our team's plural back-to-back state championship teams were. I wasn't inducted as an individual. But uh, we won the state championship in my junior year and my senior year. And we were the first uh, soccer teams at our high school. In fact, we were the first any teams at our high school, which opened in 1960 to win a state championship. So they have, you know, they have an annual Hall of Fame induction in which they, you know, 80, like 90 percent of the inductees are individuals, including several of my classmates and several of my soccer teammates. Uh, But uh, there are only there are a handful of teams in the history of the school who have been uh, inducted as a team, and uh, they inducted those two teams since uh, you know, there were many players who were on both teams uh, together. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't go in as an individual. But uh, and what year is this? I guess, if I, was, I guess if I was the starting goalie on a defending state championship soccer team, which went on to win the state championship that year, also, I, I couldn't have been too bad. But uh, what you know, year I, was that, I, I did not go in as an individual, nor nor did I deserve to. Yeah.
2: What what time? What year was that when you guys won?
4: What years? Uh, well, the the years. That we won the championships because I'm 70 years old. We're 1966 right. and 1967. We were inducted okay. in 2010, and uh, so I saw about nine of my teammates that night. And and for the last, I've lived in Connecticut since 1973. So for the last 48 years, I've lived 150 miles away from where I went to high school, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of those guys I was seeing from, for the first time since high school. Wow! Uh, but it, it was it was great to see them, and and the nine of us we have remained connected since then. The internet, oh, I mean, the internet. True. You know, fa- Facebook, yes. Facebook can be the greatest thing on earth. It can also be the worst thing on earth. But yes. when it comes to uh, you know using it as a vehicle to remain connected, it's a- it's absolutely wonderful. It's so easy to stay in touch with your the people you really want to stay in touch with that way. Definitely, it was
2: it was basically that that same basic era in nineteen seventy two. Uh, I was going to school at Temple.
4: Mm-hmm. The same basic area, and
2: uh, the only soccer game I've ever been to, or had ever been to, at that point, was uh, Penn versus Harvard for the Ivy League championship. Really? Yeah. And uh, it was it was phenomenal. I just, you know, it was like, man, how come I never heard of this game?
4: No, you John. Know? When did I mean, when did you graduate from Temple? Seventy six. Seventy six. Okay, because I was going to yeah. say if you, if you graduated in seventy two, uh, you would have been there for Temple's NIT championship. Because Temple won the NIT in nineteen sixty nine, and back then that was a really big thing, because yeah. there were only there were only twenty four teams in the NCAA tournament then, yeah. and uh, and only one team per conference. So, uh, and, and particularly if you were school in the Northeast, it was a really big deal. And they beat uh, they beat uh, Boston College in the championship game. It was Bob Cousy's last game as the coach at BC.
3: Wow, wow,
2: you yeah. know that name? Yeah, <laughs> the Cous indeed, indeed. Uh, oh. there's there's a lot more to come conversations about a, a very stellar sports career and you know, it's one of those gigs that so many people go, Why didn't I think about doing that when I was choosing yeah. what I wanted to do for a living? But we'll will, we will be back with Bob Fucose in just a bit. Hang out. We are the approach hour.
3: Hey, it's Neil, and I've connected with a bunch of you through social media, and a lot of you have commented that there's just not comfortable, great-fitting workout clothes out there for guys our age and with our body types. That's why I'm really excited to tell you about 10,000. 10,000 makes the highest quality, best-fitting, and most comfortable shirts and shorts for fitness enthusiasts and weekend warriors. I've been wearing their 7-inch interval shorts, which are their most popular, perfect for gym days, walking, or short runs. Their versatile shirt is my go-to workout shirt. Lightweight, breathable, and durable. I wear it when I hike and even at the driving range. This is serious workout gear for all types of workouts. Running, hiking, lifting, boxing, however you train, they have a shirt and short for you. And you always get free shipping, free returns, and a lifetime guarantee. Right now, 10,000 is offering listeners of the Approach Shot 15% off your purchase. Go to 10,000.cc and enter the code APPROACH to receive your 15% off. That's 10,000.cc enter the words 10,000 not the number and the code approach for your 15% off today
2: we are here the approach shot I'm John Ashton he is Neil Michaels Bob cozy is our guest and and up until I man I mean everybody is so familiar with your voice. From, from ESPN radio, uh, Mike and Mike shows specifically is where I was first introduced to hearing you, um, you know, and, and Neil and I both, you know, we've been in broadcasting for a long time and it's a cool gig and we tell people and they go, wow. But being sports broadcasting seems to be an even cooler subset of the cool broadcasting thing in general, man.
4: Well, uh, I mean, it's, it's what I, it, 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 I was going to say it's what I always wanted to do. That's not exactly true. What I always wanted to do, and this is actually a little bit relevant because yesterday would have been Mickey Mantle's 90th birthday. What I wanted to do is I wanted to succeed Mickey Mantle as the center fielder of the Yankees because I had it all figured out. Uh, you know, just, just <laughs> when he was ready to retire, I would be at the right age, and I move right. I mean, why wouldn't that happen? Um, you know, I was born in 1951, and baseball was far and away the most popular sport in the Mm -hmm. country then and Mm -hmm. it was my dad's favorite sport so he introduced me to baseball before anything else and i started playing when i was five or six years old and my buddies and i we would play every day and we all were convinced you know what do you want to be when you grow up you know we want to be major league baseball players the only difference between me and them is I came to the realization that this wasn't going to happen earlier than they did. And <laughs> when I started, uh, when I know, I noticed that every coach in our Little League was walking the hitter in front of me because they wanted to pitch to me. And That's I, not good. I figured out, I, you know, I, I might want to rethink <laughs> this next Mickey Mantle dream. But yet I love sports and I and I wanted to do something Uh, in my life to take advantage of that passion. Coaching really wasn't an appeal to me. Umpiring wasn't. So the thought came to me, well, maybe it would be pretty cool to be an announcer and specifically to be a play-by-play announcer. So Mm -hmm. I decided I wanted to become a play-by-play announcer. And I was 10 years old when I made that decision. And I never outlived that. I never gave up that dream. You know the the
3: idea that you got to to be the play-by-play announcer for the Yukon Women's Huskies basketball team during what had to have been one of the greatest runs in history of any sport you know how did that everyday going in there knowing that they were striving for that level of excellence how how was that to be around
4: Well it was great and and you know before that I had been a local TV sports anchor in Connecticut and a big part of my job as a, as local sportscaster was covering, uh, you know, all the teams at UConn, the football team, the men's basketball team the women's basketball team. So they, they won their first national championship when I was a local TV sports anchor. Mm. Uh, so, you know, I already knew Gina Orema, and, you know, and the players, you know, Rebecca Lobo was a senior on that team. She remained, then I wound up doing games with her at ESPN. She remains a, a good friend of mine to this day. And, um, and then and then I made the transition from local TV to ESPN. Uh, and, and Specifically, the transition was to become an independent contractor, play-by-play announcer. I stumbled into the ESPN radio job, but one of the first gigs I got was to do the Yukon women's basketball games. And to tell you the truth, I kind of stumbled into that. Uh, when they won the national championship, the Connecticut Public Television Network, CPTV, Uh, entered into a contractual agreement to carry about 20 of their games each year. There really was no other women's team in the country that had that kind of live TV coverage. Mm -hmm. And And the play-by-play announcer was Mike Gorman, who has been the play-by-play announcer, the TV play-by-play voice of the Boston Celtics for literally 40 years. He just received one of the uh, two annual Kurt Gowdy awards, uh, which go each year to a broadcaster and a, and a print journalist. Uh, this past induction a couple of weeks ago in September. Uh, and Mike was doing the games, but then the Celtics changed the way they were doing things. Mike only used to do only the home games because the away games would be on an over-the-air TV station in Boston. And they used Tom Heinsohn to do play-by-play and Bob Cousy, second Cousy reference <laughs> the show, to do color. Well, then they, they changed it. They decided that, uh, you know, we really need to put all our games in one place. And so that Mike went from doing, 41 Celtic home games without any travel to doing 82 Celtic games with a ton of travel. And he had to give up the UConn women's basketball games. So then they, they, they asked me if I would do it. So, I mean, I, uh, you know, talk about being the right place, right time, but yeah, it was a thrill. I mean, I, I'm someone, I, I enjoy observing excellence in everything and uh i mean i'm i'm quite convinced that no one in the history of broadcasting has done more blowouts than i have
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: i once did a first round ncaa tournament game and uconn won 101 to 29 wow it wasn't a fluke if they had played a week later they would have won 101 to 29 again i mean none of the starters played more than 20 minutes um mm-hmm. they weren't all like that but uh you know, let me shut this window, <laughs> folks. You can tell this is live radio. Um, <laughs> people are doing some work in our front yard, um, but yeah, I mean, like I did Diana Taurasi's games for four years. I did Maya Moore's games for four years, and uh, you know, okay. I'm still I'm still friends with Diana, and uh, you know, I watched just finished watching the WNBA finals with great interest and great rooting interest. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were a couple of UConn players on the, the team that won the Chicago sky because there are a couple of UConn players on every team in the WNBA. Diana <laughs> has spent her whole WNBA career, which is now 17 years long uh, with the Phoenix Mercury. And she's won a couple of championships there. So I was rooting intensely for her to win because I don't know how much longer she's going to play. You know, she's 39 years old, uh, but yeah, to watch, to be able to watch them play, uh, and to see it from a really good view, courtside was, uh, yeah, it was it was really an honor and a thrill. And they won six, cha- they won six national championships while you know while I was yeah. doing the games. I always told Gino, look, you you won one before I got there, and now you've won six. So you tell me, uh, you know, who was missing? <laughs> like
3: clearly, it, it's all you. <laughs>
4: right. Clearly, yeah. Rossi was Did only you- three, I was there for six.
2: <laughs> <laughs> not a. Not a- Personal question, did you cry the uh, first and only time, I believe, Louisville beat them?
4: Because that's, um, that's where I
2: live.
3: Wow, there's <laughs> the Louisville drop, right? There it was.
4: Well, they <laughs> certainly didn't beat them while I was doing the games.
2: <laughs> okay, well, again, it must be
4: you. No, no. I mean, I, I actually you know I did a bunch of Louisville games. Uh, you know, I mean, I did a bunch of games for ESPN, women's games, uh, including UConn games, and I did a bunch of Louisville games. I know their coach very well, too, Jeff Walls. He's Jeff a Walls, great guy. And he uh, – he uh, what a job he's done with that program. And and they, uh, they lost to the UConn in the national championship game twice. That's yeah, how good I know. we're And, oh, uh, no. you know, they just – Painfully and, and they, aware of it. And they play <laughs> in the coolest arena in the country, you know, the KFC <laughs> Yum Center. It's just oh, yeah. unbelievable. The atmosphere is off the charts. Yeah. So, uh, no, no, I'm too old to cry over things <laughs> like that.
2: <laughs> Jeff Wallace <laughs> so is also they, a hell of a golfer, man.
4: Yeah, is he? Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what, you know, you know, Jeff uh, uh, conquered a very serious stuttering problem. If you Google when Jeff was introduced the day he was introduced as a head coach, it was painful to watch. and It was obviously more painful for him because he was still hadn't conquered the stuttering problem. And he just he fell apart. And uh, and you watch him now, unless you knew that he had this issue, you know, similar to Bill Walton, you would never Mm -hmm. be aware of it. But I remember one time. Uh, UConn and Louisville were playing in the same uh, first and second round site in Bridgeport. And, uh, and we went to Louisville's practice and it was time to interview Jeff, but then the NCAA changed something and they started UConn's news conference like backstage at the same time. So I went up to Jeff with Mary Murphy, who was doing the games with me and I said, Jeff, the NCAA switched UConn's news conference around and started, so you know you got to really talk fast here. And he said, "I can't talk fast; I stutter." <laughs> 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 so uh, he he's a great guy, and I and I hope they do. I you know they will win that first championship, and that'll be unbelievable when it happens. Yeah. Louis, Louisville is, Louisville is a phenomenal basketball, a phenomenal college basketball town.
2: It is that's why we don't have a pro team. Because yeah, who well, needs yeah. it when you get What you do? It's basketball. called the
4: University of Louisville men's team. That's your program.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and the women are not far behind. Um, you know, and and I grew up in the same Nick of the Woods you live in, in Bob. I grew up in uh, in Boston. And um, man, just growing up and listening to the Red Sox on the radio with Kurt Gowdy doing play by play and then Dick Stockton taking over for him. I mean, we in, in our Nick of the Woods, man, we have been exposed to some of the best the legendary guys.
4: Yeah and then after that they had uh you know uh, oh his name escapes me uh my goodness long gone and hard to find was his uh was his play by it was his home run call oh I'll think of it he did their games yeah. forever and he was uh, Ned Ned help me here what was Ned's last name he did oh. the games and, and he 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 did a great job but no you're right when you're uh, yeah. I mean that's the great thing about being a baseball fan is uh, you know you really have a connection with the with the team's yeah. play by play announcements, particularly those guys. Ned Martin was Ned the guy Martin, there. yep. Um, and um, and Ned was there forever, and he was great. And 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 when I was in when I was in ra- local radio, uh, my second and third jobs for a combined five and a half years. Uh, one job was in Westerly, Rhode Island, the other one in New Haven, Connecticut. Both of our stations carried Red Sox games, and that's when Ned yeah. was doing the games. Yeah. So yeah, it's great. I mean, a great. A great uh, uh, baseball radio play-by-play announcer. It is a thrill. It, it, you know, he's like an artist to listen. I mean, I love going. I'm a Jersey guy, so I love going to the beach. And boy, I, I don't. I I love nothing more than being on the beach on a summer day and listening to a baseball
3: game. I agree. I, in fact, I grew up in Baltimore, and and um, you know, to throw a name into a hat, I I was lucky enough to listen to John Miller as he was doing the Oriole games before he left to go to ESPN and then to go to San Francisco. And just the calls he would make it just, I didn't want to watch television because he painted such a great picture and his voice was there and his home run calls varied. It wasn't the same home run call over and over again. And and, uh, to this day, I still think he's one of the greats. Yeah,
4: Yeah. indeed he is. I actually lived lived, uh, in a suburb of Baltimore for five years as a kid. I lived in Ellicott city.
3: Ah. Right where my kids still live.
4: Because like, my, dad, my dad got transferred to Baltimore, and we lived in Ellicott City. And I was seven years old, and I was only a baseball fan at that point. So I was already a Yankee fan. I wasn't about to convert. But <laughs> I had not yet started following uh, pro football. But I did that first fall, and that fall was in 1958. So I was a passionate Baltimore Colts fan.
3: Colts fan, yeah. And a there passionate you go.
4: Johnny Unitas fan. Uh, and although we only lived there for five years, I remained a passionate Colts fan until their sleaze bag owner moved the team. To
3: <laughs> we all thought the same thing.
4: And I don't, know of, I don't know of a single self-respecting uh, Baltimore Colts fan who became an Indianapolis Colts fan.
3: You are exactly right. They waited around to become Ravens fans, and the Colts had to, to build from the ground up. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to do the one thing I swore I wouldn't do, and that is embarrass you. And, John, embarrass you because you're associated with me. So many people associate you with being on the radio, on ESPN, and doing the Sports Center updates. Bob Pacozzi, I'm going to do the little jingle, and I want you to do the intro. Will you do that for me? Just, you know, to, to make me feel like my whole life has come around to this one moment?
2: All right. Can I go get some coffee now so I don't have to can be a part of this? You, sure
3: you can, except for the, the wrong fact wrong that wrong everybody wrong. knows you're there.
4: Not a dot thing, you mean? I'm sorry? You mean the dot-a-dot, dot-a-dot?
3: Yep. yep. Yeah. I'll do the – okay. Dot-a-dot, dot-a-dot.
4: All right. What am I supposed to do?
3: You're supposed, <laughs> We didn't rehearse this, clearly. <laughs> you're supposed to do the – um Sports Center update on Bob Bacosi or however whatever the intro was. Well,
4: I would just uh, well there wasn't any intro. I mean, you know, you would play the thing, you know, we'd say this is Sports Center and then da 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 and then you jump in. And since I was always on a morning drive, I would always begin with good morning, because no matter which time zone I was in, it was in the morning somewhere, at least in, you know, in the United States, because I would I would start at six AM Eastern time.
3: All right. So now you have to do the whole bit.
4: The whole bit? The whole bit. The whole bet. This is Sports Center. Da 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 da. Good morning. I'm Bob Picozzi. The Red Sox have lost two straight, and suddenly will be facing elimination in Game Six on Friday night in Houston. There you go. Is that enough?
3: Okay, I'm done. Thanks.
2: Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for picking that one. We've got that's all. That's all I needed. That, you know, that was one question. He's got six more. Hopefully they won't embarrass both of us that much
4: when we it come away no, I, I'm, from I'm, I'm, I'm very difficult to embarrass.
2: <laughs> I'm not. Here on The Approach uh, hang with us.
1: Texting enrolls you into recurring automated text messages. Message and data rates may apply. Men, want to feel younger, stronger, leaner? You don't have to slow down after 40. Frank Thomas found the secret to staying in shape with the energy and drive of his 20s. Man, you look like you could still hit it a mile. I feel great too. What gives? After 40, men slow down. It's harder to stay in shape. Why? Our free testosterone levels drop. I got to try Nugenix Total Tea. Text GRIT to 321321 for your complimentary bottle of Nugenix Total Tea. That's G R I T to
0: 321321.
2: Thanks for hanging and coming back. This is the approach shot. I'm John Ashton. He is Neil Michaels. Bob Picosi, our guest. Neil and Bob, head to head, a six pack. Take it away, gentlemen.
3: Incredible that he's still sitting there. Okay, <laughs> Bob, we've got a six-pack of questions for you. Fire off the first thought that comes to mind. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Question one, you covered the incredible run of UConn's women's basketball during the heart of the dynasty. Can you compare it to other dynasties in other sports?
4: Boston Celtics, who had won uh, eight in a row under Bill Russell, Red Auerbach, Montreal Canadiens, New York Yankees and uh, UCLA men under John Wood.
3: That is absolutely bang. I, you know, I was thinking about that and I hadn't even gotten to UCLA. Excellent. Excellent. Question two, you can pick anyone living or dead, a sports broadcaster. Now, who would you like to most have a beer and talk sports with another sports broadcaster?
4: Uh, Bill Raftery, because uh, I've done it and there's, there's no one on earth who's more fun to have a beer with.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I got the talking sports part as part of it, but the beer definitely is the main part of that. <laughs> all right. Question three, we all grew up with back, 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 back. And it's long, it's out of here. And I don't think it's playable. And all of those great catchphrases, which catchphrase do you still say in your everyday life?
4: Um, well, it's not a broadcaster's catchphrase. It's probably saying, where was that when I'm looking at a baseball game and the umpire calls to pitch a ball?
3: <laughs> Which I think has happened a couple of times in this
4: year's series. I only do it 30 times each game. Where was
3: that? I love it. Do they ever answer back? No. <laughs> <not>. <laughs> no. Okay. Question four. <laughs> and this one makes you know that maybe it's not just coffee I had today. Time for you, Bob Picosi, to make a deal with the devil. You are four-time Connecticut Sportscaster of the Year. You won a regional Emmy, and you were inducted as a group into Notre Dame High School's Athletic Hall of Fame. You now have to give all of those accolades back, but in exchange, you get one sports wish. What would it be?
4: To meet Bill Russell.
2: Wow! You can take as much time as you need, Buck. <laughs> <laughs> we did say right off the top of his head. I didn't I
4: have a holy trinity in sports. You know, one in each sport, and it has mm-hmm. everything to do with you know playing for my favorite team and all in the same era. They were all born within a couple of years of each other. It's Mickey Mantle, mm-hmm. Johnny Unitas, and mm-hmm. Bill Russell. I have had the good fortune of meeting Mantle and Unitas, and the even better fortune of having downstairs behind my bar photos of uh, Mantle and me and Unitas and me, but I've never I've never met Bill Russell, and my life mm. will be incomplete until I do.
3: Love it. All right. Question five: What other announcer that you worked with was your favorite, and then which one was your least favorite, and why?
4: Well, you know, I'm not going to answer the second one. Had to ask. <laughs> I'm not going to answer the second one. <laughs> the favorite, um, well, again, you know, because I have a 50-year relationship with him that goes back to Seton Hall when he was the coach and I was the student play-by-play announcer, and I did have the chance to do a couple games with him in ESPN. Bill Raftery was the one I enjoyed working with most. I think, out of all the analysts I work with, I think the one who was the best at his job, and if someone, someone familiar with my career and who knows everybody I worked with, they they would be surprised at this answer. His name is Jim Spinarkle. Who I did a bunch of uh, college basketball games with, and he did Nets, uh, uh, both New Jersey and Brooklyn Nets games on TV for years, and does college basketball. And uh, you know he's always one of the announcers at the four regional sites in the NCAA tournament for CBS. Yeah. he's very underrated and underused. I just think that he is perfect at how he, uh, you know, a lot of you know the way he gets in and out, makes his point quickly, stays out of the play-by-play announcer's way is extremely knowledgeable, has a great personality. So it would be Jim Spinarco, who, by the way, is the first 2,000-point scorer in Duke history.
3: Wow. Very nice. I love the fact that we now have everybody who's listening is going to be you know, Googling and find Jim Spinarco. And question six, and we ask this of everybody who comes on the show, since we are the approach shot, Bob, in your approach to life, what one rule do you live by?
4: Um. just one to respect everyone you meet the way you would want them to respect you and to treat people who don't look like you the same as everybody else?
3: Maybe the best answer we've ever had in the 450 years we've been doing this. Excellent, thank you, Bob. You are off the hot seat. All right. See, it was somewhat painless, but all right. Not for you to determine, but, you know.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, man. What do you,
3: what, what's keeping you busy these days?
4: I, um, Well, I mean, I'm retired, and I love retirement. Uh, I, I really only have one duty, and that's uh, uh, two of my deceased uncles, the last two of my dad's siblings, uh, to, to pass away. They started a Picosi family foundation at Summit, New Jersey, where I was born and where my dad and all of his siblings grew up. And I'm now the president of that foundation. And I run it with uh, my uncle's longtime lawyer and longtime accountant. And we give away uh, eight scholarships each year, partial scholarships to uh, eighth graders to finance their high school education and 12th graders to finance their college education. One of the eight recipients is a student at Seton Hall because that's my alma mater. <laughs> so uh, it's based on a couple of factors, but the greatest, the most important factor is financial need. And I find it incredibly rewarding and very difficult because we're going through like 35 scholarship applications for each scholarship. And they're all outstanding and, you know, five of them are super outstanding and we only get to pick one. And, uh, you know, so uh, but I find it very rewarding. We stay in touch with the students. Uh, part of their deal is they have to uh, maintain uh, their, their grades. And so we, we see their transcripts and there's this one student who's going to Rutgers who's just killing it. She's the first. Um, her parents are from Columbia and she's the first uh, person in her family to ever go to college because right. nobody else could afford to go to college. Right. And she's going to Rutgers in a double major. And uh, she's had so far, she's had two 4.0 and two 3.9 uh, grade point average for her first four semesters.
3: Wow, that's fantastic. So I,
4: think, I think we made the right selection on that one.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. congratulations. Nice.
4: But and I mean, that. I, love, I love working out. I mean, like most people my age, I have a bunch of orthopedic issues, which require attention. And uh, so I, I, I literally spend a couple hours working out each day uh, and, uh, and, I, and I actually enjoy doing it. And uh, so, I mean, no matter what, like I'm a giant season ticket holder. So we live about 120 miles from the state stadium. So we have to leave like around eight o'clock in the morning to get there for a one o'clock game. Uh, and uh, so I have to get up at some ungodly hour to get my body ready to go. <laughs> because if I don't, I'll be stiff and sore and miserable all day and instead by doing that i'm stiff and sore but still miserable because i have to watch the giants
3: <laughs> <laughs> kind of the feels um, like the way john and i are after we play golf you know, <laughs> stiff and sore and i'm mostly miserable <laughs>
4: well, I, I used to be and i found the solution in my game was to give it up uh-huh. <laughs> there you go perfect
2: you ever use any golf uh, tournaments to raise money for your foundation?
4: Uh, No, we haven't. And we, we don't have any we, – we don't – we're not a fundraiser. I mean, it's all oh, okay. it's, it's all money that uh, that's provided by the, the family and uh, kind of an unusual family in that uh, of my dad's five siblings, only one of them married, only one of the five married, and she didn't have any children. So my two sisters and I are the only – people on my dad's side of the family in our generation so when each of my aunts and uncles passed away you know they passed on whatever fortune that they accumulated to the others so when it came to the last there was a you know a significant amount of money and i was the co-executor of my uncle's estate and 45 uh, percent of his estate uh goes to the foundation which wow, uh, you know with uh, with even half competent uh, you know uh, money management skills you know, should be enough to keep the thing going, going forever.
3: Are you actively taking applications?
4: Uh, well, well, we, we do it for just a, 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 a four county area in New Jersey where my where my uncle lives. It's, you know, so it's only it's only for those four counties. And and there, there are specific recipients. There's the the high school that my dad and all of his siblings attended, the, the parish, the Catholic parish that my be family a couple of generations in my family literally were parishioners for a hundred years you know a a 12th grader who's a parishioner at that uh in that parish uh one of the scholarships goes to him or her Uh, a 12th grader at uh, madison high school in madison new jersey because i had an aunt who was a school teacher in madison for 45 years uh and then there's a there's an organization that's run by the Archdiocese of Newark. It's called the Scholarship Fund for Inner City Children, and again, it's for a multi-county area, and uh, it's for students who really come from, uh, you know, their family at very modest income levels. So they get one of the scholarships, and we just we just added another one, uh, Modern Day High School, which is an all uh, girls school that's in Montclair, New Jersey. So uh, uh,
3: congratulations! That sounds like you're doing phenomenal work. Well, thanks. Yeah.
4: Thanks. We think yeah. so.
2: All
1: right, Bob Cozy. Nothing been...
2: more than than, than <laughs> thank you for spending time with us here I'm looking at you, John, and I,
3: I you you're rarely speechless. You, <laughs> I know. I
2: mean, it's just. You know, some, sometimes we get intimidated by the people we talk to. No,
3: <laughs> sometimes we do, you know. Oh, stop.
4: Well, you'd, be, oh, the first two, I'm you'd be the first two people that have ever been intimidated by me in my life. <laughs> although although there, there was that one player on Lawrence Prep, literally, was a preppy who kept hitting me after I uh, made a save and I told him, don't do that again. And uh, he did it one more time. So I, I, I must confess, I did throw the ball and hit him between the eyes from about 10 feet away.
3: <laughs> there you go. Didn't I do that didn't, again, did he? He didn't,
4: he didn't come near me for the rest of that game. So maybe he was intimidated.
3: Bob Picosi, thank you so much for joining us today on, on The Approach Shot. We loved having you, and, and uh, thank you for, for um,
1: playing along with, with my silliness.
4: My, my pleasure. My pleasure, guys. Enjoy.
1: Tired of paying outrageous prices for Viagra? Well, we have great news. Now you can finally get Viagra at huge discounts. Generic Sildenafil allows you to save up to $650 on Viagra. Why pay name brand prices of $15 per pill or more when you can get the same results for less than $3 a pill? Call today and get 50 generic Sildenafil pills for just $99. Call 800-590-0443. That's 800-590-0443. Again, 800-590-0443
0: attention anyone who is impacted by the current pandemic and has two thousand dollars or more in credit card debt if any credit card companies extended your credit with attractive interest rates or low minimum balances and now because of it you owe thousands of dollars in credit card debt here's some really great news it happened to millions of people at no fault of their own but thanks to a powerful program now approved anyone with two thousand dollars or more in credit card debt can cut their credit card payments up to half and reduce or eliminate interest charges altogether that's right our nation. Wide nonprofit program is helping U.S. residents cut their credit card payments. We've helped over half a million people with their credit card debt, and now we can help you. Bad credit card debt happens to good people. Get free of credit card debt today.
4: Call Credit Guard of America now at 800 672 6925 to see how this powerful nonprofit program can work for you. The call and information are free. Call 800 672
1: 6925. That's 800 672 6925. 800 672 6925
2: hey a few moments left together with us john ashton neil michaels on the approach shot man the guy has had a career let's go Minnie. <laughs> <laughs> no i was trying to uh You know, you you relax a little bit, you drink some coffee.
3: (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Actually, (laughs) you and I both know it's not coffee that drinks. For those those of you who don't know the trick, if you have alcohol the night before your voice drops about an octave or so and sounds very good... (laughs) And clearly John and I have not done that. So
2: <laughs> you get what you pay for <laughs> tune in next week.
3: <laughs> what a great guy though. And I didn't expect the golf stories. You know, here we are talking about ESPN, talking about UConn, And he comes up with, Hey, I've got some great golf stories for you. <laughs> hey, we're a golf podcast. We should probably ask you about it.
2: <laughs> Who'd have thunk <liked> it? <laughs> so yeah, that shows you how much, uh, pre-show conversations we have with our guests. Right
3: Here's how John and I prep. You ready? That's why you get this professional podcast every week. And for those of you who keep tuning in, thank you for the sadistic nature of your, no, no, thank you for that. By the way, speaking of that, once again, I I love to tell you this every few weeks or so. And Mm -hmm. apparently our international fan base is growing because we have about 15% of the listeners in the last 30 days are from Great Britain, from the UK. We have a couple from Mexico. We have a couple from Russia. We have a number from Australia, but Great Britain and Canada, we are, we are growing like the proverbial weed. So thank you for listening there and uh, feel free to tell your friends about the two goofy old DJs who are doing the golf podcast.
2: Thank thank you to y'all in the mother country. We appreciate it immensely. That's right. The mother what? So you called me mother, a mother what? The, <laughs> the the place where this game that we love so much to talk about was invented. The This,
3: people, this is going to be smooth.
2: <laughs> the people who invented this game and uh-huh. called it golf are the same people who invented bagpipes and called it music.
3: So smooth, John. So smooth. Like listening to your voice first thing in the morning. Very smooth. <laughs> that right there is the definition of life being a gift. So, go open it. You've been listening to the Approach Shot with
1: the Weekend Golf Guys. If you like this week's episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcasts. And find us on the web at ApproachShot.net.
4: How powerful
1: is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply.
0: You only want what's best for your baby. And so does BJ's. BJ's offers a variety of baby products that will take you from playtime to bath time to bedtime and beyond. Shop now through September 24th at BJ's for $3 off Johnson's, Aveeno, or Desitin baby products. Only the best will do when it comes to caring for your little ones and for parents, too. Give your baby that special care and save big at BJ's.